Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Aaron Gordon here, and we're back here with the Aaron Gordon Podcast. I have my special guest and longtime friend, Lil KC. I'm not going to say your your government name, but, you know, how's everything been, and, you know, how has, you know, life been treating you? Uh, Actually, you feel me, uh, life been like a roller coaster, up and down. I mean, that's been like that since I've been 16, so you know how that go, uh, yeah. ups and downs. But right now, it's just going at a steady pace, and I'm just I'm ready to get started, focus on the good and the positive only. So obviously, you know, you've always been really athletic growing up. You know, I remember our days up at Fox Hill. Yeah. Um, it's crazy how, you know, how, how much things have changed. Um, obviously, I just interviewed uh, Anita B, as, you know, yeah. everyone calls her now. But, um, you know, just reminiscing. What, what was it like, you know, you know, first meeting me, uh, hanging out with the crew at, at Fox Hill? First met you, it was just like, <laughs> ah, I found somebody that was like me. Like, <laughs> like, just always nice, like. You see some negative, like you turn it to positive. Like I can say that you was probably like a big person in my life, like for real, like to stay positive. Like you can see me angry, you can see me mad on the court at somebody, and it's just like it's just positive energy being around all y'all. So it's just like y'all always motivated me to get better. So I feel like I became a better person and a basketball player with just being around y'all and seeing how y'all did everything. So like, you know, what was it like, you know, being one of the best athletes in the school? Um, you know, you're the fastest person, not the fastest girl, but the fastest person in the school. You know, what was that like just growing up? Because, you know, it was like that all the way up through high school. But, you know, specifically in, in elementary school, what was that, you know, entire process like for you? The process, it wasn't even overwhelming. And I can say like it was fun, like because I have that positive energy. Like I know I'm good, but it's not like over cockily. I feel like oh, like, I'm better than you, I can't talk to you. Mm -hmm. It was more so, if I'm good, it's time to push the, the people besides me, like, good. Plus, I have younger siblings, so I got a lot of people that look up to me, so it's just like, I can't be like that because I don't want them to be like that. So it's just always a, a good thing, like, okay, I'm good. Well, I feel like I still need to get up here with the boys because they, they showing <laughs> out on me, so I got I to gotta do something to hang. So it was just really a positive experience for me. So, you know, obviously you had a great track runner who, who you, you know, your sister, you know, grew up a year behind us. What was that like, you know, having her right behind you, having to, you know, trying to, it's kind of weird because you kind of had to mentor her, but also compete with her at the same time. What was that entire exactly. process like growing up? Well, my sister, I mean, me and her are 11 months apart, so we ain't mm. even a whole year. So we yeah. the same age for like two and a half weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but the experience with that, it was the same way like I knew I was good but I know she could be better mm -hmm. so I remember it was in a cross-country meet at West Lane actually and uh she always stayed behind me and I'm just like she has so much energy to me like mm -hmm. she got a faster time so she was jogging next to me and I'm like go past me I'm right behind you so, <laughs> like go win go take the win mm -hmm. so instead of her standing in fourth place she actually won that that cross-country meet because I told her we were literally like running on West Lane course and I just said, go. She took off. And then ever since then, she kept on taking off. She kept on progressing. So that was really what that was for me. It's funny because like for me, um, obviously, you know, I've always been one of the best basketball players around. But whenever I went to I went to track my eighth grade year and that was the first experience for me when I wasn't the best at something, you know, in a, in, you know, in a long time in my life. And I think like for me, I don't know what it was, but it was like that eighth grade year, a lot of people went out, like all the athletes, not just, you know, the track athletes and the cross country athletes, which is normally who would normally go out. Uh, but to go, out, you know, you had pretty much the entire basketball team. What was that like when you saw a lot of basketball players and other athletes come on that, that eighth grade year at Westland? 
that eighth grade year, seeing everybody come out, I just feel like because we get ready. Yeah. My thing is like we did a lot of us did that because we saw you do it. Like we saw you be a great basketball player, but also you know taking track serious. Like I I don't I don't think I would have did it if if it wasn't for you. And I think a lot of people did that and I, I don't think that gets enough credit because you know you had uh you know me i did it uh anthony did it uh kj did it garrett did it like and all of us were we we, we were basketball players we knew we were going to play basketball you know all throughout high school and then hopefully in college and you know what was that process like seeing all of us there you know trying out and and, and just seeing that seeing that all y'all tried out is just like <laughs> like dang like my homies came out like <laughs> that's the first thing I was thinking like everybody came out but it's just like it's good to it's good to actually finally hear you say like like I actually inspired some people because I didn't I honestly didn't know like until at that time I just feel like we're about to have like I know these are basketball players but they fast yeah so it's just like all of us is coming together like this is gonna be like an epic eighth grade year like we're gonna win like take over like that's how it looked to me like we got a lot of people that's athletic. Like I know they ain't ran track, but we all athletic. So it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, Westland's gonna be named on the map because of us. Like all of our athletic people just came together and they ain't even came together for just a sport that we like. So it's just like, I just feel like we was gonna just basically be the names for Westland. Like yeah, we about to for take sure. over. So what came first? Was it track or was it basketball? Where did your first passion come from and who introduced you to it? My first passion? People wouldn't even understand. I I started off with gymnastics. Really? Yeah. Since, since I was there? I was three. Like I was already walking and talking before I was one. Mm-hmm. So I was flipping and everything around the house. And actually, they wanted me to go to China. Really? They wanted me to go to China. I think I, I was like four or five. But they said my parents couldn't come. Mm-hmm. And I was big on having my mom everywhere yeah. I was at. So it was just like mama's girl. <laughs> China? I'm five? Nah, I'm not going. But it's just like still seeing the videos and seeing my my gymnastics and everything take off. It was just like, I can't believe that at the age of five, I was like flipping on balance beams, mm-hmm. like high up, like flipping on them and then landing them perfectly. So it's just like, I remember all that stuff too. So it's just like, that's where I started from at that. But I got introduced to track. I got introduced to track. I always loved basketball. I always played basketball out mm-hmm. in the front, but I got introduced to track first and I was running with the uh, Indy Racing Cheetahs. So what grade was that? I say any race and cheetahs, maybe fourth and fifth grade. That's when we started probably competing the most. That's when I started. But I already knew after a couple of years in the past, like I was getting faster, but I always knew basketball was my passion. Mm-hmm. After your dad taught me that jump shot, <laughs> after David Quirles and got me my confidence to go <laughs> get it, it was just like basketball was there for me. It was just like yeah. I can really, you feel me, let go of track really. But it was just more so I started off with gymnastics and then track and then basketball. So what was the process like going into high school? Because obviously, you know, you went to different high schools, but what was that entire process like, you know, going from one high school to another and, and having an entire, you know, high school career, you know, playing varsity, um, playing JV, uh, you know, that entire overall process? Now, I can admit, going into freshman year, that summer was rocky for me. So mm-hmm. that was like, okay, almost lost my life to somebody that was close to me, that mm-hmm. I was, you feel me, that was supposed to have been there protecting me. So it's just like going into freshman year, my head wasn't so much focused because I feel like I could have did more, but mm-hmm. I let my situation get to me. So I feel like if it wasn't for Mr. Gordon, your dad, and it wasn't for my mom to keep pushing me, 
And I remember those exact words that my mom said to me was like, hey, you can't let this keep taking control over your life or it's always gonna have power over you. Mm-hmm. And if she didn't say those words to me, I don't think it would've clicked because I didn't care for it. I can honestly say I didn't really care. I was just going in emotions. So mm-hmm. it was just like, I just couldn't believe it. So for months, I kept trying to use that as an excuse. And my mom was like, hey, you gotta, you can't use that as an excuse. You gotta keep pushing, you gotta keep moving forward. So I think that was it. And then the fact that your dad was always in my ear when it was going like, go harder. Like during training and during practice and everything, it was just like, you can be this, but you you gotta be able to you gotta be able to want to push through it. Like mm-hmm. we know that you went through this, but you gotta push through that. So I think that's them two people is the main two things that got me over that barrier. So what was life like when you got out of high school when you you know went into the workforce and when you were in the real world after? So it was kind of a a, a, a big decision, but it mm-hmm. wasn't like. I still feel like I should have took some some D1 offers, even if they were D2, I still should have probably went. But I feel like right when I ended school, I had to get straight to getting the money. Cause mm-hmm. I felt like I still needed to help my mother, still needed to help my sisters and still help, need to help my little brother. I just felt like I was, ever since 16 or ever since before freshman year, I had to step up to be there for mm-hmm. my mother. So it was just like, hey, I'm going straight to Amazon. And mm-hmm. I've been, I was at Amazon for four years. So it was just like, I have to, I have to do so. What was the process like at Amazon? Were you when you filled out the application? Were you nervous? Yeah, I, <laughs> I was asking my mom a lot of questions like, "So, what should I should I work day shift? Should I work night yeah. shift? Like, you know, all I do is stay in the gym to like mm-hmm. maybe ten, eleven at night. So it's just like now I have to go and punch in. So when I actually got accepted and then went, I worked day shift with my mom. Mm-hmm. So I rode with her. I went with her. She made sure I had lunch. She was just making sure everything was cool. But it was just like this is way different. Yeah, this is way different from just going to, you feel me, the JCC. Yeah. Like you just going to like do that. So it was just way different. So y'all, like, what 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 was your job? Like, what did you have to do? My very first job, I was stowing. So mm-hmm. that comes in before the pickers and the packers, and um, mm-hmm. basically we just put everything on the shelves so Amazon online can see that the product is available to yeah. be ordered. So I basically just stock the shelves so it makes sure all the orders is on there so they know. Mm-hmm. That's all I had to do then. But I moved around, I bounced around, I did a pack, uh, did dock work. Amazon was pretty cool. You just don't have a life really. So how many hours was Amazon having you work a week? Um, ten hours a day. Okay. So, but around peak, you just never know. You might work eleven hours a day. You might work twelve hours a day. So it's just like you really don't have no time. But then the little two off five days a week, six, five days. And then when it's mandatory, it's six days or sometimes seven days. So it's just like you it's just constant like you really don't have a life so i can say i work at amazon i can i literally work yeah and then my off days i'm sleeping maybe one off day i might have a little time to play basketball but i'm tired yeah so it's just like my body is draining my body's tired but it was like it was good money so it's just like oh, okay i can survive this a little bit like it's good money so so have you tried to keep up with playing basketball yeah, I always play basketball. In time, like I said, I still got younger siblings and younger brothers. So we can go outside right me. now and play. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have that <laughs> Yeah, I can just beat you in a three-point shootout right now. Still, I still got that. I still got that in me. But yeah, I still got the confidence with basketball. Like, I feel like I, even if I sit off for a month, I just like, oh well, my shots there. I don't care what nobody talking about. Like, I'm ready yeah. to take on Mr. Gordon. I'm ready. <laughs> like, oh, like I was just ready for the competition. Like, I really am confident in my shot because of him. I don't think that's ever gonna go away. So, have you thought about playing in any like women's semi-pro leagues or anything? I actually thought about it the very mm-hmm. 2018 when I moved down there to Houston, Texas with uh, Simone. 
she was uh, talking to a guy about getting into a program to play basketball. So I was getting like, hey, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So when I was in Houston, I was playing on it. And I was talking to, uh, I met a girl and she was like 6'5", but she was mm-hmm. a guard. <laughs> she was like Simone, <laughs> but she was like a guard. So it was just yeah. like, wow. So it was just like, yeah, these Texas girls are way bigger than what I know. So I was actually into it then to do it. What was that process like, uh, you know, going through that, um, you know, going to Houston and moving? What was it like when you first moved to Houston? It was amazing. Like, it was something I ain't never seen before. It was just like, this might be the opportunity that I need. Mm-hmm. And then I actually got out there and I had to survive on my own. Like, I can say the whole entire year that I lived out there on my own in Houston, I didn't have to call my mom once and ask her for anything. Mm-hmm. It was just like, okay, they taught me how to survive. So it was just like, hey, you came out here on your own. We got we to gotta make sure you can stand out here on your own, too. But a lot of stuff my mom helps came up, too. My mom, me and my mom got actually closer because we were sitting on the phone for like an hour, two hours. And uh, I was really concerned about her health. Like I said, I got a big car. So anytime something negative come apart, I'd be like, whoa, whoa, this is too mm-hmm. much. So when I was hearing everything that was going on at home, I just felt like, yeah, maybe I need to maybe I need to go out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to go back out there. And then I also, like I said, I also got in a little bit of trouble out there too, which I wouldn't say major, but I got some trouble out there too. And I was just like, well, yeah, maybe I just need to go focus on my family real quick mm-hmm. before I can focus on myself. Because my family to me is is big. Family mm-hmm. is a big like factor in me. I don't care what it is. Family is first. So. so what was that process like when you first moved there? Like what was some of the toughest things that you've had to deal with, uh, you know, moving somewhere else? Uh, the toughest thing I could say is not being able to drive to mommy right down the street. Mm-hmm. Something go wrong like, hey, mama, I'm not about to come over. I'm about to come over right now. I got to yeah. talk to you. I got a problem. It was hard. Like, you're mm-hmm. like 16 hours away. So yeah. it ain't going to come <laughs> rescue Kayla yeah. from this. Like, you have to literally figure this out. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely the toughest part. Yeah, that was the toughest part. Not being able to see my mom like every day because that's like my best friend. Mm-hmm. Like I really, that is my best friend. She knows everything about me. So when did you get into music? You know, when you got into music, I'm not gonna say it shocked me because I know that we always, you know, we grew up, you know, listening to music together. Drake, Nicki Minaj, like that entire era, Lil Wayne, like, because you know, we grew up from what, like third or fourth grade all the way up until you know we were in high school. So you know, the biggest artists, you know, we always used to listen to. What got you into it? Into making music, I should say. Actually, what got me into because I've been doing music for a little minute. Mm-hmm. Even us growing up, I've been doing music because uh, my cousin, Tanise, she used to do music. Mm-hmm. We were like maybe, what, 12, 13? But she was actually writing full songs. And uh, we were rapping, just doing off beats. But I do it constantly with them. But what really, really made me like, hey, you should put your music out there was seeing my little brothers do it. Mm-hmm. So my little brothers are doing it. And it's just like they really want to do it. And I'm like, they're underage. They need a little bit of support. Mm-hmm. So then they hear me. So then they're like, "Hey, you need to, <laughs> you need to do this. Like, yeah. what you doing? Like, you need to do this." So I'm like, "All right, Dad, we about to get us an actual studio." So we try to stick with inside the family, but I felt like trying to get family work stuff done, you don't really get the top potential mm-hmm. in some like in some type of perspective. But so I went out and I just paid for the best engineer that I knew that was in town, which is Coach Kane to me. There's other, you know, engineers out, but I paid for Coach Kane and uh, went from there. Coach Kane had sounded nice. <laughs> he engineers real nice and he actually helps you. He's an engineer that actually talks with you and 
and get everything done. So it's just like once we got our first actual recording song done with Coach Kane, it was just like we're not stopping now. What's been the toughest part with going through the entire music process? The toughest part mm -hmm. is uh, dealing with music and personal business. Yeah. And then with me, it's me, personal business, and also making sure my little brothers know, like, we might be going through something, but this got to change. Mm -hmm. Like, even though this is, might be slowing us down right now, it's going to be changed. Yeah. Like, just to keep pushing. Because I don't, I have, like, you know, everybody is dying at a young age. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, these are boys, you know, black male have it harder than yeah. anybody else in this world. And that's how I feel. So it's just like seeing my little brothers and I got three. Mm -hmm. It's just like, no, nah, no, nah, I can't have y'all here just with y'all friends. And y'all got the same mindset as me. Mm -hmm. Y'all really don't have a mindset like how your other friends is, but you could be at the wrong crowd at the wrong time. Yeah. So if I can keep y'all occupied with the basketball, we going to go hoop. Cool, y'all with me. I know y'all safe. Yeah, we going in the studio together. We we good. Y'all cool. So that was really just the main thing, just really trying to balance out everything so I can make sure they stay safe as well as myself. So that's really it, just to keep us energized. That's why when we do studio sessions, it's like everybody think it's a lot of us, but it's not. Like I want my brothers there because I don't want them somewhere else. Yeah, you feel me? Just hanging around with their friends, like nah, like y'all got to see the process of life, like y'all. Make sure y'all stay consistent with something and do something. So that's the major, the hard part right there. So, you know, how much do you attribute to that? Obviously, most people know um, me and her, our best friend, uh, passed away in 2015, towards the end of 2015, uh, you know, to a shooting. And, you know, what do you think that did, um, Donovan Cleanscale? What, what do you think that did to, to you in terms of the psychological factor of, how you know you're going to look after your brothers and how much you know how important was that to you because i remember you know we talked a little bit after that and you know obviously we we had reminisced but we didn't really talk that much about what that did to us i'm not sure if we knew exactly the extent of what was going on at yeah. that age um donovan donovan's death is a real real big life changer mm -hmm. like Anybody who came in contact with him know that's been a life changer since he's been passed. Cause just like me and Donovan last conversation, like literally, like literally days before you feel me, this happened to him and he passed. Like he literally was texting my phone, like, "Hey, yeah, I'm at a, going to a different school. I know you at a different school, but it's time to it's time to eat. Like I know we go through different things, but it's time to eat." Mm -hmm. So that was the main thing he told me. Like we had different schools, but it's time to eat. Yeah. Like, don't let up so we can go further. And I will never forget him saying that, like, anytime Donovan texted me and I was gone, like, he always, it was always motivational. So it was, like, the fact that we both, that he just texted me that and then, like, he get hit by a straight bully, like, something that wasn't really meant for him, like, it, it just it just threw me off because I was ready for him to clown. I felt like yeah. his life had changed for him, too. So I felt like that would have been the best year of his life. Uh, playing at a different school so it's just like all that changed so now that I see that it can happen to somebody so close it's just like I can't have my brothers like that like y'all could be easily trying to enjoy yourself at a party and then something can go off like mm -hmm. I don't want that like wait till y'all can throw your own stuff and y'all get around the people that y'all like like wait till we y'all make it like mm -hmm. or something like just slow down the process because I don't want that to happen I just feel like that was just a big life changer his death was a big life changer and the fact that he was just a good person is just yeah i think that's what makes it. it the toughest part is is 
you know, like he was always someone who laughed, who, who, you know, literally, I'm telling you, when I mean by the funniest person, even to this day, the funniest person I've ever just been around. Cause he's funny even when he's not trying to be funny. Like that's the part, like when he's trying to be funny, he's funny, but even when he's trying not to be funny, he's funny because he always just makes you laugh. Yeah. And just, you know, being around that on a day-to-day basis and, you know, over the past, you know, last year or two, you know, he was working on my dad. He was working on every single day. Um, you know, he was coming to training and, you know, he was really getting himself together. He said that he wanted to transfer to uh, Emmerich Manual High School at City School and he really wanted to go there. I mean, um, a number of guys from that school had just went Division One, and I, I thought that Donovan had the potential to, you know, play college basketball for sure. And for him to be, you know, a couple of days away from transferring and the season was just about to start. It was like right like a couple of days before my birthday. And to hear that news, it's like it's it was really devastating. So, you know, obviously, you know, in music, how much has, you know, pain in your life, um, you know, how much is that attributed to your music? I feel like the pain that I had when I first started music, first couple of videos I dropped, I feel like I dropped them based on me having fun and me having a lot of money and just, just showing out. Like, that's what it was. But I feel like this upcoming music that I'm actually gonna drop, like my, my EP and the album I'm gonna drop, like, is going to introduce me. It's gonna introduce, talk about the pain that I've been through. It's gonna talk about me almost losing my life. Like, I'm really more into talking about my pain mm-hmm. on a beat than to just know like, hey, you know you got it now. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to, to really let the world know who you are. So that's why I feel like it's going to be a big changer when it drops because everybody's going to really get to understand how I transitioned from basketball into who I am to the, today. And it's like, it's not much of a change because I've always still been that person as a basketball person, but I feel like now everything has came into one. So now I can show y'all who I really am. I'm still the same respectful basketball player, still the same respectful athletic person. And just like, now y'all know my life that it was, that was behind the scene. And mm-hmm. I feel like my life has always been behind the scene as a sports person, because everybody thinks like, well, she got a maid, like she the fastest or she's good at basketball, she got mm-hmm. a maid, but nah, like outside of basketball, inside my house and how I grew up, this is different. It's yeah. totally different from the sports life. Sports is what actually kept me from falling below at an early age. So, yeah, and I think that's really interesting. And I mean, obviously, when you look at certain you know situations and just our life, and you know, for the most part, you know, everyone on life, you could you know you know look back and say, okay, when Aaron is twenty three, I could imagine him playing basketball, getting his master's degree. And then you look at other people's situation, you'd be like, oh, like I never knew Mikhail was into music. I thought that she was just gonna continue to run track and go run track at university. Like how how much does that, you know, change your life and kind of redirecting what everyone, you know, probably thought of you as, because now you're, you know, you're in the effect of music and, and you know, supporting your family and, and helping everyone instead of just, you know, being just an athlete. How has that, you know, affected you and your outlook on life in general? It has affected me, I could personally say, like, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Because now I feel like I'm not trapped behind the door or trapped in a closet because I was always told, like, whatever goes in the house stays in the house. And I was always confused, like, well, why? Because mm-hmm. I'm not living my truth. So it's just like, I want everybody to feel like I'm living this perfect life because uh, I'm good at something. So it was kind of hard, like, 
coming towards the older people that actually know me, like the mentors that like knew me. And it's just like, they probably feel like they never knew me. Mm-hmm. But I feel like anybody who actually genuinely loved and cared about me, however I change, they will be able to accept that. And if they don't, then that's a personal problem. Mm-hmm. So that's just how I see. So if, like I change, I feel like I change for the good. I feel like me showing everybody like this is truly me like this truly am like long as I know I'm happy like that's all that matters so so what do you see next in your music career the next I see in my music career is mm-hmm. going up like because I'm versatile mm-hmm. I can melody I can rap I can sing so it's just like all that y'all gonna be able to see so it's just like everybody that I show like I don't like showing people my music my new music mm-hmm. that are who's gonna relate to me and just agree yeah. Now, if I can show somebody else in a different like culture of like music, a different race than me, and they actually like it, like then I know something. Like I was at a park the other day. We were supposed to play. We were about to play basketball, mm-hmm. and so we were waiting on everybody to come, waiting on my uh, waiting on my brothers and everybody to come. So uh, we had a beat going. And I was just rapping, mm-hmm. and then like this lady got in her car and she was just like, "Yeah, you're really good." it just shocked me because like she wasn't the same skin color as me or anything so it's just like for her to feel that and i'm just freestyling like all right okay we got some more potential like i I see that y'all see that like i just feel like i get that big buzz and a big spark and then i know when i let my dad listen to stuff like he's quick to say nah nah (laughs) and if he's all for it like yeah he's all for it with our sports Mm then i know it's something and he's all for my music like he just like I gotta get it. I got. Hey, when the next mm-hmm. one coming? So and then he show he's showing my he's showing my music videos that I have out, and I'm just like, this ain't even the good stuff. But the fact that you treat me like a celebrity or treat me like my music is good, like that means something. Mm-hmm. So that's I can always respect that. So you know, how has the support been from you know? Obviously, you know you're gonna have some support from your family, but how has you know the support have been? you know, just through people that you've known, you know, has it been kind of fake or has, you know, have people been, you know, supporting you a lot? You know, what was the support level with your music career started? I feel like I got a lot of support, not even counting family. Mm-hmm. I say I got a lot of support in the community. I got a lot of support in Houston. I got a lot of support in my mom's hometown and Missouri and in Kansas and stuff. So it's just like, it, it varies. And then like, you know, my little sister, she's in uh, college right now in Iowa State, uh, mm-hmm. running track still. So they support it. And then I have friends that play my music and everything when they go to different parties, like at ISU and in different spots. And it's just like, everybody's feeling it. So mm-hmm. it's just like, everybody was like, well, why, why are you dropping? Like, where are you at? Like, where's the album? Like, we waiting on you. Mm-hmm. So I feel like people are coming a little impatient, but I feel like how I'm going and how I'm doing it, like, it's gonna be that it's gonna be a, I'm gonna leave a mark mm-hmm. because like I'm really singing and rapping and talking about a lot of stuff that people can relate to. Mm-hmm. So and then it's just a different perspective for me too. So I really like my melody. A lot of people like the melody song. Since when have you started doing the the melody? Coach Kane got that out of me. Really? Yeah. My phone my song called Fallout. Mm-hmm. Coach Kane. He was like, you need to sing it. <laughs> he like just try it. we better see how you sound that's how he did it he's just straightforward then he 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 first he started with the singing he gave him the melody but he said do it like this he sung it out he was like all right now do your words like that so once i did it it just was like bro this is crazy
crazy. Like this sound good. <laughs> so when did you know that you really wanted to, you know, start doing it? And are you going to be doing live performances soon? I am. I plan on doing, I have a lot of interviews scheduled out of town. Um, I know for sure one in Atlanta and then another one in Arizona. So uh, uh-huh. I plan on keep on doing a lot of live performances. I know um, some uh, like young Corey, he always had events and he always had people chances to try to come perform uh-huh. and uh, just like straight free. Like they always have a lot of events. So me and my brothers, we try to go into those, you know, a lot. So whenever they start bringing out some more and our we get our tapes down and get the videos going, like we're gonna start going to all of those again and do it just to get out there. We don't, we're not gonna miss nothing. We're not nothing. Like a lot of people say, like, oh, we're not doing those type of shows, like, but we are. That might be true, but we are because we wanna be known. We wanna get out there. And then we already had to take like six months or so off. We ain't really been dropping no music or anything, but we've been making it. We ain't been dropping yeah. it, but we've been making it. So <laughs> we ready. We real confident in all our all our music. Like we got our own logo, YG, and it stands for Youngins Getting It Entertainment. So who's all in the group? So it's me, myself, and it's uh my three little brothers. So it goes Lil E, mm-hmm. it goes Chris, and it goes Man Man. Oh yeah, and we got uh Ace, little yeah. DJ. That's a cousin. So it's just like. We start that like we we the solid fan, uh, foundation of ours. Like we all young, but we get it. Yeah. Like even though like my brothers and everything, like you know, a couple of them can't get jobs right now because they're due to their age. But mm-hmm. they do stuff to where like how I tell them like, okay, well get your schoolwork done, make sure everything because you know it's different. They're doing their stuff online due to the COVID, so it's like get your schoolwork done. That's how you gonna make your money. Yeah, you know, clean up and stuff. That's how you make your money. Okay, let's think of another way. Okay, well, y'all need to start selling candy and stuff so y'all can make y'all money. Like, that's how it is. Like, y'all have to do something to earn something. And that's how I was taught. Sure. Like, you ain't nothing handed to you for free. Like, I know I'm there and I'm always going to have y'all back and they know I barely say no to them. So that's my problem. I ain't going <laughs> to say no. If that brother's ask and they ask for a reason, I don't want them to ask nobody else yeah. to where they got to pay somebody back. Like, no, just ask me and I'll figure out something that you can do. Yeah. Or we just going to give you a hard basketball workout to where I know you're going to be throwing up at the end. So, <laughs> Either or, we're going to get something done. But yeah. I just know ain't nothing free in this world. So they all, we all got to work for something. Sure. I don't care if you drop down and give me 100 push-ups. <laughs> you paid your dues right there. <laughs> well, for sure. Thank you for joining the podcast. We are back here with Angoran Podcast. So thank you uh, for tuning in. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to see what's next in your career.